everyone. This is Leslyn Keith, President of the Board of Directors at the Lipedema Project and Director of Research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today I have an excerpt from an interview with Dr. Donald Buck from our Lipedema Worldwide Summit that was held in 2016. Dr. Buck is a plastic surgeon in St. Louis, Missouri, who specializes in surgery for lymphedema and lipedema. In this excerpt, he talks about lipedema surgery, care for pre- and post-surgery, and care of the late-stage lipedema patients, such as stage 3 and 4 lipolymphedema. So I'm in St. Louis. I'm an assistant professor at the Washington University School of Medicine. I'm also the associate program director here, so in charge of the education of 18 residents. And my practice, I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, so I do about 75% or 80% of my practice is reconstructive surgery, including microsurgery and lymphedema surgery, as well as lipedema surgery. And about 20% is sort of cosmetic surgery or uh, non-cancer breast-related surgery. I first became involved with lipedema. Well, I've probably been treating lipedema for years, not really recognizing what it was, particularly with patients who are early stage one or even early stage two patients who have some isolated lipedema, but not really recognizing it and thinking of more in terms of cosmetic purposes. But in from a reconstructive perspective, I first came to it upon moving to St. Louis. I set up and established a large Midwestern sort of regional referral pattern for lymphedema. And as you are well aware, a lot of patients with lipedema are misdiagnosed with lymphedema. And so I continually saw the same types of patients with the same constellation of symptoms and the same kind of characteristic column leg appearance, the ankle cuffs, and lack of foot involvement. And so through some personal exploration and research, I sort of learned more about lipedema and then really started to study the work done by Dr. Raprich and Dr. Stutz in Germany and sort of molded my approach to that patient population based on that information. So I think first and foremost, you know, if you look at the photos and think about the stages of lipedema, it really comes in all shapes and sizes. And so the first thing is to really take a very individualized approach to each patient. I have a general approach to treating it, but some of that is variable depending on the patient's needs and and the particular areas that are most problematic. In general, I think my approach is uh, one that is very collaborative with the patient. You know, these are patients who have gone through the gamut of the healthcare world and seen physician after physician and specialist after specialist and have been continually told you know, that they're at fault, that they're not doing something, that they're non-compliant. And so first is just developing that mutual respect with each other and letting the patient understand that I understand where they're coming from and I'm here to help them and sort of get on the same page and work together toward improving their pain, relief, their mobility, quality of life. So I think for me, postoperatively or in that interval between surgeries, Compression garments are a real key to that, so I have my patients utilizing their compression garments. Also, within about the first five to seven days, I usually have them return to their lymphedema therapist uh, and start uh, having manual lymphatic drainage at least one to two times per week. However, if they have one of those home pneumatic compression devices, then they can certainly start using that as well. Um, If they have vibration plates, I think that's also 
something that seems to help break up some of that fibrosis. But there's definitely a difference between patients who have done or are doing those things in the interval between surgery and those who have not in terms of the ease of fat removal at the next surgery. So patients who either don't have access to those things or are paying out of pocket and so they they can't afford to pay for the therapist or they didn't qualify for the home pneumatic compression device, it's much more difficult at the next surgery to remove fat easily because it's a little more fibrotic. So in those patients, I'll often increase that interval a bit just to give them a little more time for the inflammation and swelling to settle down before the next surgery. I think that just given my background and understanding of the lymphatics and lymphatic surgery, I have a little more comfort level with patients that are more advanced. I do think, though, still, even those that have more swelling and are sort of late stage three, early stage four, the bulk of it is really sort of tissue predominance. And I think it's more of a secondary fluid overload as opposed to truly damaged lymphatics. I mean, I think you certainly can progress to that. So by thinking that way, I do feel as though if I can debulk some of that fat, then I will decompress those compartments in the leg and allow the fluid to drain much easier, reduce swelling, and really improve mobility. I think that, you know, the women who are later stages are those that have a very drastic, almost immediate improvement in their lipedema pain and their mobility after surgery. It's pretty fascinating. You know, you take a patient who required a cane or a walker to walk before surgery, you perform one surgery on them, and the very next day they're walking without their cane or their walker. I mean, it's pretty profound. So I think that oftentimes women who are later stages have a much more immediate, recognizable, noticed improvement in those types of uh, functional limitations. Women who are earlier stages certainly have those improvements, but I found particularly young women who are, you know, stage one, early stage two, I found that their pain component is not often to the degree of those who are later stages. And in fact, many of those women who are very early on have some pain. It's often not constant. They do have pain on touch or pressure, but their real, quote, pain component is through comments or descriptions like cramping, throbbing, restless legs, Charlie horses, those types of things. So I think as you progress from stage one into later stages, the pain becomes more unbearable and the mobility becomes so much more reduced that, you know, the real difference is you see drastic changes in that after even just one surgery, maybe more so than you might in an earlier stage patient. The aesthetic improvements on the earlier stage patients are much easier to appreciate than the late stages, of course, but I think that, you know, if you ask all the women who are late stages, they for sure aren't concerned about how things look. They just want to be able to walk again and not be bound to a chair or a walker or a cane or some other assistive device. Thank you, Dr. Buck. That was great to hear about really your specialized care of lymphedema and lipedema, but particularly how you really reach people in some stages of lipedema that are not normally helped. And thank you also to you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, 
Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema Flash Briefing.